Welcome back to Wellness Inc. I'm Dr. Mike Moreno, taking a deep dive into all things wellness after over 25 years of practicing medicine. I'm fascinated with anything and everything that can help you feel better, live healthier, and become the best you possible. I'll be interviewing the most cutting edge experts in the field of wellness and exploring new innovative technologies to help you live your best life. At the end of each episode, I'll give you my weekly RX, my top tips for you to use right away. Remember to subscribe for free, rate and review my podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I am really excited for today's show. I have one of my favorite people on the show, and we are going to talk about a topic that is always a favorite, the hottest trends in plastic surgery. And now that we're all doing so much of our work and socializing on screens, we have the blessing and curse of seeing ourselves in real time so much more often. What impact is that having on people when it comes to cosmetic surgery and enhancements? And what are the things you need to know to keep yourself safe and looking and feeling your best? Why well, have just the man to give you the answers to those questions and more? Our guest today is a board certified plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills and has been for over three decades. He is also a professor of plastic surgery at USC. And if those things weren't keeping him busy enough, he's also an Emmy nominated host of the award winning television show, The Doctors. He is the man when it comes to plastic surgery, and I'm proud to say he's also a close colleague and friend of mine. Welcome, Dr. Drew Orden. Thank you so much, Michael, and you hit the nail on the head. We are colleagues. We are friends. We go way back. I remember the days when you were a, a regular uh, co-host with us on The Doctors. We had a good run uh, doing those shows, and I miss them. It's so much fun. I, I'm going to I'm going to let everybody know right now. We are colleagues beyond even knowing each other. We both are UC Irvine Anteater grads. That's so, right. Uh, <laughs> so you mentioned USC, but we are anteaters at heart, right? That's right. I love that. You know, I got to tell you, if you want to define the word sweet man, this is the guy you got. He's the most amazing surgeon ever. But let me tell you, this is a sweet guy. The first time I met him on the set. We, we recognized we were both UC Irvine anteaters, and uh, it was uh, it was good stuff ever since. It really has. And our UC Irvine's doing well, Michael. I mean, it's it's rated up there and uh, a lot of illustrious alums. Medical school is doing well. Cutting edge stuff. A lot of good stuff. Well, listen, let's get to some good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, you know, you're a busy man. You're everywhere these days. And I can imagine with this pandemic and all of the things that are happening, things are always evolving in your field. And, and so, you know, what, two years ago, I, I had never heard of Zoom. And now it's like, that's all you hear about. So let's talk a little bit about Michael, your profession Zooming right now. right? <laughs> that's, that's right. Exactly. Now it's, it's unavoidable. So let's talk a little bit about this Zoom boom and, and what's going on in your field. Well, it started with social media and we, we, we've been talking about the social media effect, people taking still photos of themselves and how that's driven them to, to get elective plastic surgery, whether it just be something as simple as fillers or Botox to something a little more uh, invasive. But the Zoom boom is a whole new thing because everybody is producing their own little 
their own little TV shows, whether it's for work, whether it's a party, a virtual wedding. I mean, we're, we're literally doing everything virtually and like, like everywhere else you want to look your best. We're not used to analyzing ourselves that closely on the screen, but zoom, uh, the zoom boom puts it right in our face. And guess what, Michael, it's driving business. You know, it's, it's funny because we look in the mirror every day, but you don't, when you look in the mirror, you fix your hair, you do your thing, you're out the door. Now it's like, you're, you're looking at yourself in the screen and you're like, Oh my God, do I really look like this? Or is my hair screwed up or whatever it is? Well, so and I, and I've done some of this for our viewers, just tips for when you zoom. I mean, it is all about lighting and, and flattering angles. And if you need to use a little bit of makeup, that's fine. And, you know, certain things that you're wearing may may improve your neckline or jawline, et cetera. So you have to be your, your best producer and director uh, to be at your best on, on Zoom. Yeah, no, and that's, I mean, we're going to get into a few things that, that I know you do and you do extremely well. You're such a talented guy on so many levels. But let me ask you, you you've been doing this for decades, as we spoke of earlier. Did you ever see things going in the direction where they are in terms of your field? No, I mean, there is nothing that I do now uh, the way I did it during my training and, and, and during residency. Sure. Rhinoplasty is rhinoplasty. Facelift is facelift. Breast enlargement is, is breast enlargement, but everything has so dramatically changed. We have learned so much over those, you know, I've been doing this in private practice over three decades. That Long time. Nothing, nothing is what it was when I learned. And the good news is that I I tried to, to uh, stay current. I brought in young uh, associates and partners. I'm involved in teaching the fellows. And trust me, we get these phenomenal fellows from the best programs Michael, I'm learning with them. I mean, they're showing me the latest and greatest from their program. So all of that being said, no, nothing is the same. <laughs> There's new procedures and new technology. Everything is improved. Operations that didn't even exist back then are, are some of the most common things we do. So we're going to get into a few different things, but I want to go to something that I, I think a lot of people, when you think, you know, when you say to someone, what's the first thing you think of when someone says plastic surgery, I think breast implants or breast augmentation is probably boom. First thing that comes to mind. So let's talk a little bit about breast augmentation and a it new thing. Michael, that, that, it depends how much you want to, how big you want to go. That's usually not something that that you can hide. I mean, typically you get breast augmentation. People are going to be staring at, Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) That's a change. Right. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about this breast implant illness that, that we're you're seeing. Talk a little bit about this and what do people need to know? I'm glad we're talking about it. I think it's important. I first want to preface that, you know, having done thousands of breast augmentations, I still say it's one of the best, safest, most predictable uh, procedures we do uniformly. Women, for the most part, are very happy that they did it. But like anything else, 
Michael, nothing is 100%. Some penicillin's a great drug. Some people can't take it. Well, whenever you introduce something foreign to the body, in this case, we're talking about a silicone breast implant, I think some people's bodies just don't react well to it. I think the body is constantly working, let's say like a smoldering, not an infection, but inflammation that as we know, if this is going all the time, it can wear on, on your body as a whole and your immune system in general. So there's a group of women who, who after having had implants, developed symptoms and they, they couldn't find another reason other than their implants and they had them removed. And a lot of these women feel a lot better. Wow. The implants are removed. So it's not just, you know, you talk about scarring and keloids and talk about inflammation and infection, but you're talking systemically. Well, yeah. And that's what they're saying that it's a systemic, the body is responding, working on overload, if you will. And that when you remove that, that stimulus, that's causing it, you know, Michael, it kind of, I can't explain why a woman wakes up in the recovery room, her implants are out and she goes, I feel great. Well, yeah, no, it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, is it the power of suggestion? Is it psychological? Is it placebo effect? I don't, I don't think you can deny that these are also playing a part, but bottom line is, a lot of women are, are seeking this out and are glad that they're doing it. But again, I want to go back to, I don't want to scare anybody out there. Right. But for the overwhelming majority, 99% of people, uh, it, it's a safe, uh, effective operation. Well, and you mentioned it. I mean, uh, here's the thing. Medicine, the human body is such a complex entity. You just don't know. And, you know, when you talk about, I mentioned the word keloids for people out there who are listening, know what keloids are. It's it's a scar that just doesn't stop scarring. And you don't know who you are until you have an incision. And lo and behold, as it heals, it doesn't heal like normal people. Point being, the body is a very, very difficult, complex entity. And the way it responds to whether medications or surgeries or whatever it is, Sometimes you just don't know. You don't. And complex entity for sure. And guess what? Everybody is different. Everybody's right. composition. You're talking about scarring. We all we all heal and scar a little bit differently. We know that certain populations are more likely to, to form hypertrophic scars or keloids, whereas other groups do do fine. And you know, it's just individual variation. That's why you need to know your body. And if you have a history of not healing well, then that's something to consider. Maybe you wouldn't be a candidate for plastic surgery. Right. You just don't know. And I think people, you know, you have to really talk to your doctor and, and, and really do your homework and really find someone. I don't know. You know, when you talk about, what do I know? But I'll say this. If you're going to a surgeon, you know, to me, it's I'm going to someone who's been doing this for a long, long time, right? You become better at what you do, whatever it is. If it's shooting free throws, you become better because you shoot free throws every day, all day for years and years and years. You may come from the best college 
in, in the land and be the best free throw shooter. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to go with the guy that's been shooting free throws for decades. And if I'm going to go to surgery, I'm going to come to you. I mean, do you think that's a reasonable thing to, to say? Well, it is. And Michael, big part of my job, and this is part of my training and, and being tested is doing a procedure, agreeing to do a procedure for the right reasons. Right. Uh, the patient is doing it for themselves, not somebody else. They have realistic expectations, meaning that they're, if they're 65, they don't, I can't make them look 25. It's not going to happen. If they're five foot uh, tall, I don't think double D breasts are probably the best way to go. So, you know, you want natural, realistic uh, expectations and goals. And then you touched on it that this is elective surgery. So you want to make sure that your body, number one, is, is a candidate, that you're healthy enough. You're not so overweight that you're not going to be, uh, you're not going to get a good result or diabetes that's not controlled. You know, those, you're a smoker. Those are all issues that we have to also know when to say no right. to do these things first. Then you can come back and we can always do this elective surgery when everything is lined up properly. Makes perfect sense. Let's talk, let's switch gears a little bit. Now you're famous for something called the O-lift. And, and so let's talk about what the O-lift is and then let's talk about the new O-lift. Well, Michael, it started the O-lift because of Dr. <laughs> Orden, the O, right? <laughs> Makes sense. O and I also said that when people see you after this lift, they're going to go, oh, my. So That's sort of the beginning of it. And I, Michael, it's I didn't reinvent the wheel, but it's my what I've learned over decades of facelifting little nuances to minimize how big the incision is to tighten not only the skin, but the underlying layer of muscle and connective tissue and to it's all about the direction of pull. We we don't we don't age like this. So you don't want to pull back like that and right. get that scary roller coaster look. You want to put <laughs> things gently back where they were. So it has to do with with vector. So that is basically what I'm doing. What I've what I've learned to do now with the the new O lift. I'm just being a little more aggressive with the neck that we've learned more and more about how, how to deal with the neck, those so-called bands, baptismal bands. And right. it's not a facelift is well, reversing aging is not just a facelift. We're also combining, adding some volume because we know that you lose volume with, with aging. So it's adding a little bit of fat, your own fat where you need it. And then finally it's, it's doing some fractional CO2 lasers. So it's a combined facial rejuvenation with my original O-Lift. Well, and I think the beauty of it is, as you commented, you know, we all want to age gracefully, but as you, you put it, the roller coaster look, and we see a lot of people walking around. I, I you know, I, I think to myself sometimes when you see people and you're like, wow, that's, it's very obvious that they've had some work and you know what? Hey, to each their own, whatever, whatever makes someone feel good about themselves. Hey man, go for it. But you, I think we want to look natural. We want to have people scratch their head, you know, Michael, the good news is I think that's one of the things that's trending is natural results. I mean, I've always said, said it, plastic surgery should not leave you looking plastic. 
And <laughs> I think that's especially true now because we do have the techniques. As I said, things have improved so much. We we know what works and what doesn't work that we we can give unnatural results. And you said it, everybody's different. I mean, I've had people say, I want to look fake. I want to look done. I, you know, right. I hear that. I get, I get a little concerned. I want to put the brakes on. I'm like, but usually I can find like middle of the road and we agree uh, how far we want to go. Well, and you, you commented on this earlier, and I think it's really important is that people have to have, you know, I've, I've gone to medical school and I have some very dear friends of mine who are plastic surgeons. But one of the things we talk about is they have to have realistic expectations. I think it's important for people to recognize that, like you said, you, you can't stretch someone from five feet to six feet or you can't. It, it just doesn't happen. Right. There there are definite limitations. I mean, I think <laughs> to a certain extent, <laughs> we can be miracle workers, but there are limitations. Right. So, uh, you know, one of my dear friends always says to me, uh, I joke around with him, you know, we, you know how it is. Doctors are doctors. We all I've known these guys 30 something years and we always talk about medicine. And, and my friend says to me and he's a plastic surgeon, he says, I'm changing lives. And you know what? He is. And I and I think I look out there and I always joke around with him. And I, but when you see what plastic surgery can do for someone's confidence, never mind how they look. But when they feel confident, they are more successful. And, and you know, God, these days, anything that puts a smile on someone's face. So I think it is changing lives. I really, really do. No, and that's why that's why I gravitated towards especially. I mean, sure, if I'm dealing with trauma or cancer, which I did as part of my training, sure, you're, you're, you're really potentially saving a life. But in general, with elective aesthetic plastic surgery, you're improving the quality of life. Somebody has been self-conscious about something all their lives, maybe even picked on or bullied. Right. Or or they they feel that they, for whatever reason, they were left out. Well, if you can make a change on somebody uh, when that's the case, I mean, it really is a game changer, as you alluded to. And it's all about making them feel better about themselves. It's so true. All right. I want to switch to something that I'm a little curious about. And I want to know, I know a lot of talk about high def body sculpting. And now when you evolve to where we are now in computers and technology, what is going on with high def body sculpting? What is it? And what's going on for men specifically in that particular field? Well, great topic. Something I, I love doing. And, and this is not your 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 mother's your grandmother's liposuction. I was one of the first to start doing lipo in the early '80s. It came from France and from Europe. I did some of the first courses, and compared to what we're doing now, it was it was so rudimentary. Big cannulas, big instruments. We wouldn't control the amount of bleeding. You just go in there and try to remove as much fat as you can. That being said, we now have so much more control over liposuction. We have um, Vaser ultrasonic assisted liposuction that first melts the fat first so you can remove more fat in an even way, smaller in, uh, instruments. And we're now finding that we've studied 
anatomy so much more. So on the abdomen, you know that the abdomen, the abdomen, ideally, that six pack, you have high right. points and low points and etching, and those obliques come in. So our mindset of what we can do with body sculpting now is so different than than when we first started doing liposuction. And it's a great it's a great procedure for both men and women who and as you know, liposuction, not really an operation of pounds, but more inches. It's right. not to lose weight. It's more to give yourself better contours. Right. And typically, it's it's in somebody who's in pretty good shape, who works out, but just can't get to that to that next level. Yeah, you know, it's I, I over the years. Now, all I do is I swim. I'm in the pool six days good a week. It's the best thing you can do. I absolutely love it. And, you know, I stay really fit that way. But, you know, I've talked to so many trainers and this and that over the days. And they they say, well, you know, that, as you said, the six pack, right? It's you can do it all right. And you get to this point where maybe you're satisfied and you're happy, which is fine, right? To each their own. But when you want to take that extra level and you want to really push it, this is something you're going to go to. Yeah. I mean, a lot of uh, fitness people, bodybuilders, et cetera, they, they go that right. But I mean, it's, it's for everybody. It's available for everybody. If you're really in tune and want the best you can be, then it's something maybe you want to consider. So I got to... I got to ask you this. So I'm imagining, and you touched on this, but uh, with all this new technology, you're seeing less scarring, less infection, less bleeding. You know, I use, I used to remember thinking about with when the traditional ways of doing liposuction, a tremendous amount of hematomas, heavy bruising and pain and discomfort and potentially infection. You're seeing a lot less of that now. Yeah. hundred percent. And what, what we do, we know that you, by injecting, um, solution, so-called tumescent solution into the area that we're working, letting that sit. And what that does, it helps dissolve the fat. It constricts the blood vessels. We're using much more delicate uh, instruments. We're, we're using ultrasonic assisted or laser assisted liposuction. All of those things add up to less bruising, less bleeding, pure removal of fat, what we get in our canister back in the day. I mean, a lot of it in certain cases was blood. Now it's pretty much pure fat, which we can take that fat and put it to good use. Mike, we don't like to throw away that fat. We'll find somewhere to right. put it on, uh, whether it be your face, your cheekbones and your breast. You know, we we're talking about removing breast implants for those women who still want volume taking some of your own fat and putting it in the breast, it works to give you some augmentation um, in lieu of using an implant. And then, of course, Mike is putting fat in the backside, so-called Brazilian butt lift. Right. And I think another big thing is recovery time, right? I mean, God, the recovery time for surgeries and plastic surgeries. I mean, pretty much every surgery. Now you're getting this beautiful look almost immediately with a much shorter recovery time. I yep. would imagine. Most things being done on an outpatient basis, bigger cases, we like to send them to a recovery facility for one or two nights, but dramatically, I mean, back, back in my day training, I mean, the attendings, they have their facelifts in the hospital for days. I mean, 
That's unheard of. I, yeah, it's great. I know. I mean, anymore. we do it in our surgery centers. If necessary, they can go to recovery centers to recover. Okay. So we talked a little bit about breast implants and breast implant illness. We talked a little bit about body sculpting. Let's move to the face, right? We, we, we spoke about this earlier, the zoom boom. So let's, I know you're especially excited about the, the direct lip lift, which you call, and I'm proud, I'm going to pronounce this properly, Brigitte Bardot procedure, not Bridget. <laughs> Brigitte. Monsieur. Brigitte Bardot. You Brigitte. said it so well, my friend. I mean, if you go back to Bridget's, Brigitte's, Brigitte. her, her lips back in the day in her early 20s, I mean, she had those sex kitten uh, lips. And right. You look at them now, they've dramatically changed. And that's part of the aging process. Age, lips age like everything else. That distance from the bottom of the nose or the top of the lip elongates. It stretches. It makes the face look long. You lose volume in your lips. When you smile, you can't see your incisor teeth. Back in her day, Brigitte would smile and you would see part of her incisor teeth. So it's a whole look of the, the lip, upper lip, and around the mouth. So there's only one way to achieve that. And people are trying to do it with fillers. And you've seen this on the streets of, of San Diego, wherever you go. When you try to just inflate those lips, you know what you get. Quack, quack, Donald Duck, and blown up like a sausage. And once you put it in, I mean... You, some of it will go away, but you're creating some pretty unnatural looks. So that's the evolution of why the direct lip lift, by actually removing tissue below the, the nose, you lift the lip, you reduce that distance from the bottom of the nose to the lip, you get the corner of the mouth up, a much more youthful look. When you smile, it's, it's a much more youthful smile. So this, this is a procedure that didn't really exist when I was in training. <laughs> so it's a really powerful procedure, maybe not for everybody. Yes. When you talk about, oh, you're putting an incision right on the face. For most people, that incision does very, very well. I imagine you tuck it under quite well. You're not going to really yes. see it. And, and most people are going to be focusing on you know, as you said, the mouth and that area, and you're going to be look. You're going to be doing the O lift, right? The O. Look, what? Who did this? I mean, that I gotta let you gotta love that. Let me ask you this: Let's say someone comes to you and says, "I want to do something. I want to look better in in some aspect. What do you think is the biggest bang for your buck? Like, what would you say? That's a loaded question, I know, but." You know, someone you're, you're with one of your best friends, you're having dinner and he says to you, you know, you know God, you're what, what do you think? You know, I, I, I don't want to spend tons and tons and hundreds of thousands. What do you think is the best thing I can do for myself? Well, that's a great question. And Michael, it all depends on the age of the patient and what they want. If you want drastic changes, then, you know, Botox and fillers, although they may help, aren't the solution. And if you're, if you've gotten up there in years, you want to look better. If you put your money into, you know, fillers, Botox, minimally invasive, 
it's probably a waste of your money. So you're better served. You have a better bang for your buck doing a bigger procedure such as a facelift. So it all depends on the age, but we have something, you know, for everybody in your twenties, you should be getting uh, skincare. Facials are great. You can be getting photo facials. If you form lines early on from the way you use your muscles, getting Botox at an early age, there's no doubt about it, Michael, that it will keep those lines at bay and keep them from becoming, you know, really deep furrows uh, that are much more difficult to treat. So starting early will help. And then it's a progression. Somebody in their 30s, oh, I want to look better, more refreshed, maybe cleaning up the eyelids a little bit, or maybe adding some volume. Maybe if it's more a a sun damage thing, I would just recommend a fractional CO2 laser resurfacing that will help fine lines, tighten the skin, brown spots. So it really, there's something for every age group and it all depends what your goals on. I mean, I think the point I'm trying to make is that if you wait and you're up there, things have fallen a little bit, doing the more conservative things probably is, is not money well spent. Yeah. And I think people want to look for these non-invasive ways. And I talk to my buddy about this all the time and he's like, listen, you're only going to get so far with these fillers and things. Yeah. It's, it, it, it it will help, and, but I think radio frequency, non-invasive tightening procedures, Ulthera, Thermage. I like Thermage. I've been doing this on my face for years that if you start at a relatively young age, I started in my forties. I think it's, it's additive that you get a little bit of, of lifting and, and tightening. And uh, I think you know how old I am. I'm hanging in there pretty good, <laughs> man. You look great. So let me ask you this. I've heard, and this is what I tell my patients, I hope I'm right. It's important to hydrate, hydrating your skin, critical, and two, protect yourself from sun damage. Those are the two biggest things, Michael, and our, our skin, the largest organ of the body and good skin health ties into all our other bodily symptoms. All those things that we talk about for other parts of our body, good heart health, et cetera, hold true for the skin. So, you know, not smoking, being at a good weight, eating the right things, plenty plenty of fruits and vegetables, hydrating, eating those kind of things that keep you hydrated. And as you alluded to, single most important thing, protection from the elements, the sun being the biggest thing, especially for us in Southern California. But but other things that if you're in a really dry environment indoors during the winter, you have to make sure that you're hydrating and keeping things moisturized. Yeah, I think, you know, I tell my patients all the time, you know, I, I do primary care family medicine and I and I tell people there are five things you have to do. You have to stay active. You have to stay hydrated. You have to eat healthy. Don't smoke. And if you do, always be trying to quit or cut back. And number five is you have to manage your stress. And I think to myself, when people are stressed, they contort their face in certain ways. Or so, hundred percent, we get those that that number eleven there. Those uh, I have like number one hundred and eleven on mine. I think with all the stress I got. Good, buddy. But you're right. <laughs> well, you touched on exercise. I I think I forgot that one. But 
exercising translates to your skin, to your, your skin all over your body, skin tone, quality of skin, et cetera. Exercise is so important. Getting that heart pumping, blood flow everywhere. It's all about good circulation. Listen, you you are uh, you are changing lives, and uh, I say that seriously and and from a big place in my heart. And uh, you know, I I I think in, when I went to medical school and I came out, and you know, I we had like 180 people in our class, and some people go into this and that and the other. And you know, I went into primary care because I love talking to people. I love their story. I love gaining from people and and sharing with others. And others go into other fields of medicine, but we all have a role and a purpose in what we do. And uh, it's so gratifying. And I, I thank you for the efforts that you do every day and have done for well, decades. Well, thank you. And, and to your point that we all, we all went to medical school, we, we chose different specialties, but guess what? We need to be good docs first. And it's, it's all the stuff that we preach about good eating and exercising and maintaining a stable weight, all of those things. It's our job to tell our patients that whatever our specialty is. Right. And start early, right? Get these habits instilled early in life so that they don't become effort. They just become part of what you do every day. Amen. Beautiful. My friend, I can't thank you enough for your wisdom, your expertise. Well, congratulations on your podcast. You're killing it. And always a pleasure to see you. You're a super doc, my friend. I appreciate you so much. Where, where can we send people to, to find the good Dr. Orden? It's not too hard to find me, Michael. You can follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook. That's Andrew Orden. Or go to my website, DrOrden.com, offices in Rancho Mirage and Beverly Hills. Awesome. My friend, be well. Take care of yourself. Always a pleasure. And thanks for spending some time. Likewise. Thank you so much, Dr. Drew Orden. Love that guy. Wealth of knowledge. And now for the Weekly, Weekly RX. RX. A lot of good stuff, but there are a couple nuggets here that I think are critical. And I think Dr. Orden touched on this. There's something for everybody out there. It depends on what, what you need for yourself. We're all different. But I think doing your research, learning, and having realistic expectations. But there's something for everybody. You know, he also talked about something that really important, which is self-care, right? Eating healthy, following a healthy diet, fruits and vegetables, hydrating, being active, exercising, all of these things that we talk about. It's not just important for the inside, but it's important for the outside as well. Lastly, protect your skin early. Keep it moisturized, protect yourself from sun damage, because down the road, those are the things that can not only lead to you know problems aesthetically, but skin cancers and a lot of other stuff. So that's what I got for you. We were lucky to have this gentleman. Don't forget to subscribe for free download and listen to Wellness Inc. with me, Dr. Mike Marino on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Follow me on social at the 17 Day Diet. Take care, guys. The Wellness Inc. with Dr. Mike Marino podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional medical, financial, legal, or other advice. 
diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professional. Thank you.